Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, in which we bring you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. Unscrewed Nation, it has been another shitty week in the politics of these here United States. This week, we learned... A few people learned, actually, this story kind of got lost in the shuffle, that a man in Vancouver was trying to fly to meet his boyfriend who lived in New Orleans, and he was detained by Customs and Border Patrol, and they forced him to give his passwords. And when they they saw that he had, like, a gay dating app on his phone and nude photos, they decided that he was a, quote, suspected escort and didn't allow him to enter the United States. So let that sink in for a minute. The CBP figures out he's gay and has taken a private nude photo of himself, and that's enough for them to say, nope, you can't come to America. You know, this rhymes, of course, with what domestic police in the U.S. here do oftentimes to trans women of color, who are in neighborhoods that the police think they don't belong in and say, oh, you're obviously a prostitute if you're dressed that nicely. You know, we see stories like this all the time, but it is now clearly being applied to our border politics. And I just thought I would flag that out for you just to spell out that here in the U.S. of A., we are literally discriminating based on perception of sexuality at the border. Good fucking times. (laughs) Meanwhile, you probably have heard that Darth Cheeto and co. have withdrawn, have done takes backsies on Obama's instructions to schools about letting trans students pee in whatever fucking bathroom they want to pee in. So there are a couple things to know about this story that aren't getting covered as much as I wish they were. The first is Tupé Fiasco and company have not rescinded any laws. The law that applies here is Title IX, 
which prevents gender discrimination at any school that receives any kind of federal money, which is just about all of them. Title IX still applies in this case. What President Bannon and his pals are saying is we are not going to make any efforts to enforce this law, but that doesn't mean you and I as citizens can't. So what I'm really urging everybody to do is call up your local schools and school districts and tell them that you expect them to follow the law and not our fascist president. The other thing that I want to say about this that I just want to bring out and make explicit is what's being invoked to justify fully a third of trans kids saying that they are not drinking water or eating food for fear of having to go to the bathroom during the school day, right? This is pretty serious. You know, when you deny somebody access to public accommodations, as Laverne Cox brilliantly pointed out this week, you're you're basically trying to erase them from the public sphere. But what's being used to justify doing this is the specter of women and by this, clearly the assholes who are perpetrating this means cis women being sexually assaulted in bathrooms. So let me be super crystal on this. The bathroom doesn't have a lock or a gender screening on it. Anybody can walk in the bathroom already. So like you wouldn't need, if you wanted to go assault a woman in a bathroom, there's already nothing stopping you. There are already laws on the books about it. This is not keeping women safe, but this dynamic this idea of protecting womanhood vulnerable women which almost always really actually means white women is invoked for a lot of discriminatory bullshit so it's often used to justify violence against african americans and anytime you hear like women's safety invoked to justify oppressing somebody else it should raise your heckles and you should speak up if you are in fact a cis woman and especially a cis white woman and say not in my fucking name so this is me saying not in my fucking name i mean we have a lot more to fear from republicans also these guys are such transparent hypocrites right so jeff sessions who's leading this crusade right now our goddamn attorney general when the access hollywood tapes came out and we all heard trump talking about grabbing women by the pussy sessions literally said that that doesn't count as sexual assault we all know that donald trump has a long history of sexual assault Steve Bannon was accused by his now ex-wife of abusing her. These are not men who really actually give a shit about women's safety. They only invoke it when it's convenient to whatever goddamn disgusting purposes they want to use it for. So don't be fooled and don't let people around you be fooled either. On that tip, I heard from tons of you about... Tatiana Maslany on last week's episode, Innocent in the Face, and how great she was, and I could not agree with you more. But I heard a, a sort of substrain of feedback was like how great she is and how you attributed that in a certain amount to her Canadianness. And I am not here in any way to convince you out of your love of Canada or your love of Tatiana Maslany, God forbid. But it's a little more complicated than that. And actually, I talked with Tat about that during our interview in a moment that didn't make the episode. And it starts off with Deanna Zant, who was serving as our audio producer for the episode, mentioning how dreamy she and I find Justin Trudeau. And whenever I see him do something amazing, I'm like, oh, my God, where'd my panties He makes us yeah. drop our panties. <laughs> he's, go. he's got some explaining to do, too, though. Oh, like, no he does. He's He's like... We only see the good things. I know, but that's, and I mean, in comparison, yeah. you know, but yeah. we have, we have so many issues in Canada. We cover it with like a nice, like, we don't, we, oh, <laughs> hey, you know, like it's all whatever. I actually know it's this not. because I've done an, a fair bit of anti-rape work in Canada. Like I come mm-hmm. and speak to groups and work with them and that at least until a few years ago, I haven't looked recently, the per capita rape rate is higher in Canada than in the U.S. Right. Which is 
shocking. And when I first started going, I would be like, Canada, things must be great here. And all the activists would be like, will you please shut the fuck up? Mm. That makes our work really much harder. Right. Right. Like to, that the idealization makes us, when we say actually there are problems here, yeah. then nobody listens to us. Yeah. Well, there, there was a huge expose recently done by the Globe and Mail about rape cases and that so many of them are kind of tossed aside and declared unfounded in huge, like huge percentages especially in certain communities. Do you mean like communities of color? Yeah, of color and indigenous communities and also like college towns and places Uh, where these issues are like rampant. Right, Um, where you would think that you would actually want to crack down. Yeah, yeah, and where, where it's like campus life, which is I think weirdly kind of a terrible hotbed for it, you know? Yeah, got it. Canada is way better than the hellscape that is the U.S. right now, but romanticizing it actually makes it worse. Of course, we couldn't let Tatiana Slani go without asking her to help out one of you, my fair listeners. So we'll end this week's quickie sode with this advice question from a listener who preferred to remain anonymous. She writes, I'm 29, cis female, straight. I've been sleeping regularly with someone for about two months. We don't go on dates. He doesn't sleep over. Just sex approximately once a week. Initially, it surprised me that I was able to maintain something like this because while I've always dated and slept with different men, I've always felt an emotional attachment. But at the same time, I've never found a real relationship defining real as someone I would tell other people that he is my boyfriend. So while I've wanted serious relationships or at times just a regular sex partner, I've never managed to make either work. So I'm really enjoying this experience, except I'm not orgasming with him. And it's not such a mystery. He lasts a very long time, like 45 minutes or more. And I really enjoy the intercourse, but he seems unwilling to engage in foreplay that involves touching or putting his mouth anywhere near my pussy. The first time he asked for head, we had been having intercourse for an hour or so at the time. I asked him if he would return the favor. And he basically said, I've never done that in a manner that implicitly said no which has been a mental block for me, even when I want to go down on him. So at a later rendezvous, I thought I'd just ask him to touch me. Good communication listener. When he opted to just continue groping me and kissing me instead, it dawned on me that he had never touched my clit or fingered me. I'm not sure how to proceed. He knows I'm frustrated. I don't want to coerce him. He's very respectful of my boundaries. But my frustration is making me not want to hook up with him. It seems like any conversation would lead to me giving him an ultimatum. I recognize, as your podcast reiterates, that dick is plentiful. But because I've had a hard time finding men that I felt connections with and felt respected by, I'm reluctant to ditch something that is otherwise working. Thoughts? Uh... It has to go both ways. Like, it has to. Yeah. I can't. This doesn't sound like something that is working. No, not at all. That's like one person doing something for them. This is not someone who respects you. No, no. I don't know what the dialogue is or what the conversation is or what it is, but I I can't imagine that that's fulfilling or sad. Like, it's not satisfying, obviously. I mean, I want to have empathy. Like, I've certainly been in that place where I feel like oh, if I don't keep fucking this guy, who am I going to ever fuck again, Mm -hmm. right? Like that droughts are real and and all of us for different reasons, depending on our personal circumstances, can have trouble finding partners that we want to actually be with. Like, you know, like, yeah, there are a million men out there who'll fuck you, but not a million men that you want to fuck. Yeah. So I I get that. And I've certainly made shitty decisions because of that feeling of scarcity. But I have regretted those decisions I've made because of that feeling of scarcity. Absolutely. It undersells how you feel about yourself. 
I completely empathize with it as well because I have been in the exact same position when I was younger with like a partner who just never would do that for me at all. Ah. And I was like, but it's, but all these other things. And it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like pleasure is so important. And like, that's what sex is. It's like a communication. It's a dialogue. It's like an interaction between two people or more like that is communication. If somebody was just monologizing at you, Right. That's like you wouldn't allow that in a relationship, right? Someone who only talked to you and didn't wasn't interested in you. No, yeah. and who, who never asked you a question. And I feel like when you're spending time boning this guy, you're using up energy that you could be I sometimes feel like just sort of like metaphysically like getting rid of the trash yeah, makes for sure. space for better things to come into your life. Yeah, for sure, cuz you you open up in a different way. Yeah. What's that? Do you want to say something? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Deanna Zant also please. would like yeah, to say something. Just on this one yeah. Because I've also been there, but like a friend of mine taught me a phrase that I, I find really useful is like, is my, in this case, is my vagina being used for masturbation? Totally. Yes. And yes. it's like, that's what's happening. Like, totally. he's not actually interested in your pleasure and pleasure is a two way street. Who taught me that? Jacqueline Friedman. Woo-hoo! Yeah. But yeah, like, I'm not interested in being part of your masturbation scene. No. I'm going to quote from Dan Savage, which I have complicated issues with Dan Savage, but like, dump the motherfucker already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We yes. all support you in that. And if you'd like me and a future guest to help you out with your sex or sexuality related conundrum, drop me a line. Email unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com and we will do our best to help you out. That's all we have time for this week. You can find me on Twitter at Jacqueline F. Also on Facebook, on Insta, I am Jacqueline Fable. Use the hashtag unscrewed on social media if you want to join in the conversation about this or any of our past episodes. Uh, you can find this fine podcast wherever podcasts are available, iTunes, Acast, Stitcher. While you're there, give us five stars. Give us like a two sentence review. It makes such a difference in helping other folks find the show. Or if you've already done that or you're for whatever reason just not gonna, just spread the word. Tell people you really enjoy the show and that they should listen to it. That also really warms the cockles of my heart. This show is produced and edited by yours truly, Jacqueline Friedman. Our in and out music is by The Pink Tiles. And our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna and was developed in collaboration with the establishment who also designed the sound cues. Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.